Tell me who had believed, had believed our report, and to whom is it revealed, the mighty arm of the Lord. Hello, I'm Kathy Davidson. I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church here in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. I want to tell you a story about a gentleman I met about four years ago in a Bible study. It is a remarkable story about forgiveness from just an ordinary guy. I asked him if he would permit me to share it, but I'm not going to use any names. This gentleman received a phone call one evening. He knew the voice on the other end. It was his son-in-law. The son-in-law spoke, Dad, as he would call him, I shot your daughter and I'm going to turn the gun on myself. The man answered back, No, don't do it. I'm coming. I'll be right there. As this gentleman shares it, he was not close to God at the time. But when he put the phone down, he said something, a feeling, started in his feet, and it went all through up his body until it reached the top of his head. As he described it, when that happened, all the anger left him. When he arrived at his daughter's house, his son-in-law was standing in the living room. The man asked him, where was his daughter? The reply was she was in the bedroom. He went to the room. When he saw his daughter on the bed, he knew she was dead. He turned away and went back to the living room. He spoke to the son-in-law. I'm going to have to call the police. His son-in-law replied back to him, I already have. The police arrived, there was an arrest, some days in jail, and then bail. While on bail, the gentleman saw his son-in-law again, and they talked. I want you to listen to what this gentleman said. He was able to accomplish by the grace of God that something is impossible. This man shared with his son-in-law, I don't like what you've done, but I still love you. And I forgive you. Do you hear what that man said? I forgive you. His son-in-law murdered his daughter. But he was able by the grace of God to say, I forgive you. He will tell you, it wasn't his son-in-law that committed the murder, but the devil working in him. He will tell you that he knew that according to the word of God, if he didn't forgive his son-in-law, his own sins would not be forgiven. And he will also tell you, as he's told many others, that it was not himself that could forgive, but God working through him brought the forgiveness. As he and I were talking about the murder of his daughter and how God had worked through him so that he was able to forgive, he made a very important point. He said, you see, I know that my son-in-law means just as much to God as I do. You know he's right. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 14, If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. In verse 15, But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. There is enough grace to get you to a place where you can forgive 
God will help you forgive. Just like he helped this gentleman. Because you see, forgiveness is necessary. It is absolutely necessary. If you don't forgive, the Heavenly Father won't forgive you. You have to forgive. Let's begin with the song, It Is Your Love, ministered here by the My Girls. Take the opportunity to ask God while this song is playing, is there anyone that I need to forgive?
Let's begin with prayer. Father, I thank you. Father, I ask for grace. I ask for grace on me and I ask for grace on this message. That you open our eyes that we can see. That you open our hearts like you did for Lydia. That we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light. From the power of Satan unto God. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I heard growing up that there were things about God that you just had to accept and you would never understand. Have you ever heard that? Well, I found that statement to be untrue. I found that every question I've had about God and about His will for my life is written in the Word of God, this Bible. Jesus said, Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. I ask and I receive. I seek, and God shows it to me. I knock, and he opens it up to me, and he'll do the same for you. So today, I would like to ask the question, what was the Father's will? What was the Father's will? I'm going to begin in John 6, verse 38. This is Jesus speaking. For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Let's take a look at those words again. This is Jesus speaking. He said, I came down from heaven not to do my own will. Jesus didn't come to do his own will, but the will of him that sent me. Right here, you see that Jesus did not come on his own, but the Father sent him. Verse 39, and this is the Father's will which has sent me. So right here, we're going to find out what the Father's will was. Continue on with the verse, that of all which he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. What was the Father's will? That all that he gave to Jesus, that Jesus would lose none of us but he would raise us up at the last day. And let's go on to verse 40. And this is the will of him that sent me. This is the will of the Father. Remember the Father sent Jesus. This is his will, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him, seeth the Son and believeth on him, may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. Do you see what the Father's will is? That everyone that seeth Jesus, that believeth on him, may have everlasting life. That is the Father's will. That's his will. That we see Jesus. That we believe Jesus. And that Jesus gives us everlasting life. That is the will of the Father. That's what he wants for you and for me. Now, how was Jesus going to accomplish that? How was Jesus going to accomplish the Father's will? Jesus tells us in Luke 9, 22, saying, this is Jesus speaking, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be slain and be raised again the third day. So Jesus right here tells us, how he's going to accomplish the Father's will. That he's going to be rejected, that he's going to be killed, slain, 
and he's going to be raised the third day. I'd like us to go and look at some remarkable proof of God's will. I'm going to go to Mark 14 and I'm going to begin in verse 32. These are some profound scriptures if you will just hear. Verse 32. Now Jesus had just finished the Last Supper. He had given them the bread and the wine and he washed their feet. And now they come to a place which is named Gethsemane. And Jesus saith unto his disciples, Sit you here while I shall pray. Verse 33. And he taketh with him Peter and James and John and began to be sore amazed and very heavy. 34. And he saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry you here and watch. The next verses explains why he's exceeding sorrowful. Verse 35. And he went forward a little and he fell on the ground. This is Jesus. He fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. Now let's take a look closely at verse 36. And Jesus said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Do you hear what Jesus is saying? Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Do you hear what Jesus is asking the Father? Jesus didn't want to go to the cross. Right here in these verses, he's asking his heavenly Father that all things are possible and to take away the cup, take away the crucifixion. Jesus is asking his Father because he doesn't want to go to the cross. He knew what the cross entailed. He knew what was going to happen. He could read the scriptures. And now he's in the place and he's facing it. And then he goes on and he says, Nevertheless, nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. Listen, not what I will, not the will of Jesus, he said, but what thou wilt. Jesus' will right here was not to go to the cross. And now he says, nevertheless, Father, not what I will, but what thou wilt. Three times Jesus goes and prays this to the Father. Three times he asked the Father to remove the crucifixion from him. And three times then he goes on and says, Nevertheless, not what I will, not what I want, but what you want. Do you see now what the Father's will was? Do you see here? Jesus is asking him to remove the crucifixion. But then he says, Father, what's your will? What do you want? What did the Father want? What did the Father want? The answer is in verse 41. And he cometh the third time, Jesus, and said to the disciples, Sleep on now and take your rest. It is enough. 
the hours come. Behold, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. What did God want? What was God's will in this passage? He proves it to Jesus. He proves it to us. God's will was that Jesus go on to the cross. God's will was that Jesus be crucified. God's will was to take your sin and my sin on his own body. God's will was that Jesus bear our iniquities, our perversities, our pain, our sickness, our poverty. It was God's will that Jesus become a curse for us and that Jesus carry every spirit that would hinder us. That's what the will of the Father was. And it was God's will that Jesus go on to hell, suffer the lowest pit for us. That was God's will. And it was God's will that the third day he raised Jesus from the dead, alive forevermore, so that we could be raised with him. And Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father. That's what the will of the Father was. That Jesus go on to the cross for you and for me. That was the will of the Father. I was in a hard place once that I had to look to God and find out his will for a situation. We were in a sign business, but I was at home one afternoon doing some housework and walking through my kitchen when the phone rang. I picked it up and a gentleman on the other end introduced himself and then told me he was interested in buying my house. I replied something to the effect of, no, thank you, our house is not for sale. Well, he went on, he said, ma'am, your house is up for foreclosure. I got off the phone, made a phone call to my then husband, and he said he would look into it and call me right back. You know, I knew we were behind a couple of house payments, but what I had been told was that the mortgage had been sold and that the new mortgage company that had bought the mortgage said they would take those couple of payments and put them on at the end of the mortgage. But I had not seen any paperwork that reiterated that. We found out that, yes, the house was up for foreclosure. We were told that to get the house out of foreclosure, it was going to cost very near $10,000 and that we had only a week to come up with the money. We didn't have $10,000. And there was no hope that I could see that we could get $10,000. I believe that happened on a Monday. It was Wednesday or Thursday I was setting the table for dinner. No one was in the house. I stopped and looked out the window and I started talking to God. I said, Father, if I have made a mistake, if I have made this house an idol, if it is not your will for us to keep it, you can have the house. We will live wherever you want us to go. I only wish you would have let us sell it, but it's not what we want, whatever you want. My eyes are on you. I put it in God's hands. I said, my eyes are on you. That was on a Wednesday or a Thursday. One of those days, a gentleman came into our shop and he wanted a bid for a large monument sign for the front of his building. I designed it for him. It was larger and more complicated than anything we had done up to that point. We worked up a design and a bid. 
We didn't think much about it because with that kind of a sign, it takes a lot of time to work out the details for companies to meet, etc., and that there would be other bids. But Friday morning, three days before the last day to get the house out of foreclosure, that gentleman came into our sign shop, ordered the sign, and handed us a check for, you guessed it, $10,000. We were able to get the house out of foreclosure. Listen, when I gave this to God and looked to him for an answer, he sent a man we had never met who ordered a sign we had never done and gave us a check in an amount that we had never seen. That is the God I serve, and you can serve him too. God is no respecter of persons. What he does for me, he will do for you. Humble yourself and call on the name of Jesus. Romans 10, 13, For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you know what that word saved means? It means set at safety. It means made sound. It means rescued. Call on that name. I'm going to finish the program with Terry Mai and the Water of Life Boys ministering the song, Rise and Be Healed. Let me tell you a little bit about these boys. Terry Mai was our worship leader and special music soloist. Most of these young men were born here at Water of Life or came when they were very young. They grew up singing with Terry in worship and listening to his special music. A few of us knew that when they were older, six or more years back, they would get together after church outside the back door and sing together some of Terry's music. Terry Mai would come through and tell him to keep on singing. Terry Mai went to be with the Lord January of 2009. At his visiting hours, the funeral home arranged that some of Terry Mai's music was playing for the guests to hear. Well, toward the end of the calling hours, those boys congregated around the speakers and started to sing with Terry's recorded music. It was anointed. The whole place filled with the presence of God and it was joyous. And this was a funeral. Doyle Davidson, the president of this ministry, made sure that they sang the next day at Terry's funeral. They have been singing ever since. Let the anointing off of this song minister to you. Arise in your heart 
Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the musicians from Water of Life Church. She'd love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at Kathy, K-A-T-H-I-E, at KathyDavidsonWOL.com. That's W-O-L for Water of Life. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, P.O. Box 861327, Plano, Texas, 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kathydavidsonwl.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.